coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio. It's Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by IDS, an award-winning digital marketing agency that delivers integrated marketing solutions for franchisers, franchisees, and franchise development teams. Learn why over 75 brands depend on IDS's team of dedicated marketers and client service professionals to deliver a strong ROI on their marketing investment. Go to IDSFranchiseMarketing.com for a complimentary digital audit and consultation. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Franchise Marketing Radio, the show where we bring you inspiring conversations with industry leaders and franchise experts. Today, we have a very special guest in the fast casual food industry. Joining us on the show is Ryan Foreman. He's the founder and CEO of Bango Bowls, a franchise that truly embraces the fundamental belief that nourishing our bodies goes hand in hand with maintaining a positive mindset. I thoroughly agree with that, by the way. Uh, founded in 2017 uh, in Long Island, New York, Bangor Bowls has rapidly grown to become a pioneer in the fast casual food sector, offering a diverse menu that includes salads, warm grain bowls, poke bowls, ace bowls, you name it, avocado toast, uh, fresh food. And Grant's dedication to excellence has led to national acclaim, earning them spots on QXR's 4040 list for 2023 and Fast Casual's 20 Fast Casual brands to watch. So with seven locations in New York and a recent announcement to franchise the brand, Pango Bowls is now seeking passionate operators to expand its brand in both New York and beyond. So today we have Ryan with us. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Rob. Happy to be here. Great to have you. So tell me, I know it was a lot, it was a mouthful I just shared, but a lot going on the last several years, right? You've grown a lot uh, in the last few years. Now you've decided to franchise the brand. Tell me a little bit about some of the key insights and a little bit about the vision you have for the future. Yeah, absolutely. The journey's been long. You know, it's it certainly has been windy as well. We as a as a concept have really evolved over over time and we've learned a lot about ourselves. I think that's that's one of the key learnings or key takeaways is like when you're going to franchise your concepts, you really need to understand your business. You need to understand a few different markets. You need to understand some of the growth patterns. You need to understand some of the problems that you're going to hit along the way. You know, and I take a lot of pride in the fact that we waited, you know, five years and we have seven corporate locations in different markets to learn from. You know, we wanted to make sure we did this right. We wanted to make sure we understood every problem that we could possibly run up against before we go and, you know, we, we seek franchisees to build our, 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 our system with, right? Like we see those folks as true partners and we wouldn't be starting off on the right foot if we didn't troubleshoot some of these things that we didn't understand some of the problems that come up along the way. So we waited five years and now we're in a position where we truly feel like, you know, we've, we've learned these things. We can be the, the real support system. We can lead you through some of the most difficult challenges, including things like COVID, right? That nobody has a playbook for, you know, we're in our right spot to kind of, to take that next step and to grow our business with the franchise model. Yeah. I mean, I, I love what you're saying because, you know, I mean this too, because it, Early on in the process of franchising a brand, you're making that transition from running the brand, running the business that you've created, to helping others do the same. Yep. And you know, being the entrepreneur, the innovator, the person that you know, and you'll continue to be this person, by the way. 
being that person is a little different than being an owner operator sometimes, right? They can be similar, but, but you do want someone that can kind of take your lead, right? But, but they're not taking the lead necessarily. And I think that's important when you look at it the way you just said is like, we wanted to dial things in. We, we were successful. We, you know, we maybe go to the second location, the third, the fourth, and you're thinking about, okay, we'd like to maybe franchise this brand someday, but you're saying to yourself, we want to dial it in. And I, I love that from a from a, a leader perspective. Like that's just embedded in the culture, which is usually embedded in most brands. <laughs> okay, yep. but there's yep. there's obviously other reasons why things may not uh, always work out that way. But I think that's so important that you mentioned that. So I just wanted to bring that out that 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 you have an eye on that because your success, as we all know, is tied to the success of each location. And you care about every location as if it's your own, and that'll continue on for many hundreds, hopefully, right into your future. Um, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. But tell me this, like, help everybody understand. I thought, you know, in my intro, I kind of mentioned that you guys think a lot about holistic health in, in the way you do things. Tell me about this, this sector you're in, this fast casual sector. I know there's more folks like you that, that care about yeah. healthy menus. Uh, but tell me what is setting you guys apart. What do you feel is that secret angle, some of the angles you have that that sets you apart from some of this competitive uh, place that you're in? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's two main things, and I'll talk a little bit about each of them um, that kind of differentiate us. Uh, the first thing is is our menu, right? So the differentiation of our menu. You know, we feel very strongly that having multiple things on a menu that you can have multiple times throughout the week is going to benefit you. So having that diversity that can feed the entire family is something we we are after, right? We are open for three-day parts. We're open breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and we have a multitude of categories within the menu. But I think a lot of competitors in our space you know, are doing either just acai bowls or just salad or just pokey, right? And there's there's some really good things about that. Um, but I think with the way today's world is and wanting customization, right? So like 20 years ago, Chipotle was the big thing because you can customize your meal, right? Now people want to customize everything, not just their meal, not that their individual item, they want to customize, they want to pick from four different places, right? They want to use a marketplace. They want to choose multiple things from multiple areas and feed 15 to 20 people, right? So the way to do that is by differentiating your menu a little bit. And some people will say, okay, but now you're you're making your 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 system a little bit more complex, right? But that's that's something we've always had in mind, and everything we do from an operational standpoint is built with with simplicity, right? So although our menu does have some differentiation and it does have multiple categories, everything we build in the store is built with simplicity. You know, we try to follow the the rules at three steps. Everything we build, we try to make it in three steps. Now, I'd be lying if I said everything's done in three steps, but we follow, we try to follow that rule. So if it, if it, you know, if it's going to take six steps, it's completely off, right? If some things might take four, there are a few that might take five, but keeping that simplicity at top of mind allows us to really hone in on, on allowing to differentiate, allowing to us to really attack that veto vote, right? People talk about a lot. Like if, if you don't, you have a whole family, right? And everyone doesn't want an acai bowl. Guess what? You're not coming to just the acai bowl place. But if you have acai bowls, the kids want an acai bowl. Mom wants a salad. Uh, dad wants a poke bowl. Like, guess what? Now we just got you and we probably got you a few times throughout the week, right? There's only a few ways to uh, make money in the restaurant business, drive new customers, get those customers to come more often or get them to spend more money, right? So 
looking at that and identifying those three things and how to how to really go at those, our model really lends itself to those. So that's yeah. the differentiation differentiation of the menu is our key dif- one key differentiator. The second key differentiator, you want to do you want to try to Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I was going to say that was I want to just comment on the on the the menu itself, the the brilliance of what you described. I thought it's important. You said the three things that grow a business. So it was what? It was uh, they they spend more, right? It was come more, net new customers, getting more customers, right? To getting more, new customers. More people, more net new, yep. more people. Uh, getting customers. Yep, go ahead. Get spend more. No, you go ahead. Get them to spend more. And then the third thing was? Uh, get them to come more often. Okay. You're right. And to to engineer the menu so that it drives that naturally is what I heard. And I don't know if everybody else did. Right. In other words, you have a good reason to come multiple times, right? Like going and get three Big Macs a week would make you feel good, right? Yeah, yep. I, I had to go to lunch three times or I went to breakfast and had an egg McMuffin. And I don't mean to call those things out, but let's just, they are what they are. Um, but it wouldn't be something where you would have that repeat necessarily. You know, with, with your menu, it's more like I can have a healthy breakfast or I can shift over to a healthy dinner, or I have these different things. I can do something small and simple, like in the morning or something more, you know, sick to my ribs later in the day kind of thing. Right. Like, and so again, you have to be thoughtful about those things, right? Like you're saying, right. So you're, you're saying, let's create this reason for this person to come back more often, use it for different reasons in their life. Right. Instead of different brands for different purposes, (laughs) like you, like you and I both grew up with really. Um, so cool, got you. So you were saying, okay, so the differentiation of the menu is yep. obviously a key driver, not only of people loving the food and it being good for you, but of just from a business standpoint, helping naturally, helping it to grow. Tell me yep. the next one that you were going to share. The next one is our emphasis on flavor and how that plays with the health benefits, right? So we all know the the far to one side where everything's organic, You know, we're not really using any seasonings, uh, things are a little bit dry, a little bit bland, right? That is not us. We put as much emphasis on flavor as we do the health benefits. So yes, we want everything on our menu to be healthy, but we also want everything on our menu to taste amazing. And if it doesn't taste amazing, like we're not putting it on our menu, right? So we believe, you know, kind of going back to that, that positive mindset, we believe that if you're going to sustain a healthy lifestyle, you have to actually enjoy what you put in your body. Right. So everyone can do a crash diet. You could do a thousand calories and you could be miserable all day long and thinking about what, you know, what you're going to eat. Um, you could do a cleanse, have nothing, right? Like we understand all those things and not to say those are wrong, but if you want to truly sustain that healthy lifestyle, it's about consistency, right? Which we probably heard a million times and whether it's a workout plan or a diet plan, like that consistency is key. And we are just firm believers that in order to drive consistency, you have to drive actually liking it, right? So we're not just going to put a bland menu item on and you not enjoy it. And you got to hold your nose to get it down. Like everything on the menu tastes great. It really does. And that's the other thing that helps drive that those repeat businesses, right? Like we have some marketing campaigns that, you know, we say salt and pepper. Hell yeah, we use it. Like we use seasoning. You know, we have... We had we had an item on the menu. We just took it off. Uh, a cornbread croutons, right? Cornbread croutons definitely not going to be on a lot of you know eat well magazines, right? Not going to be right. the top thing of this is the the healthiest thing for you. But guess what? 
sometimes a little indulgence, they, they taste amazing. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's really teetering on a little bit of indulgence sometimes, but also, you know, that flavor component, you know, is there's a fine balance, right? And we try to stay a, on that line of, of being healthy, but also tasting amazing. Yeah. I was just thinking when you were saying, you know, you, you could do these things that might be healthy or have healthy effects. And then I'm thinking, you know, to get those things done, it's like being a Navy SEAL. You, you could be a Navy SEAL and deal with hell all day and and, and be good at it, but very few can be a Navy 100%. SEAL. Right. It's just not real. It's not realistic, right? Like, yeah. you know, we could look, go on Instagram and we could scroll through all these fitness models and look at them, but like, that's not your average person, right? Like, and that's not your broad customer base. The mo- mo- mass majority of people are just trying to do a little bit better, right? And that's, kind of our vision is we actually want to be the leading national brand in better for you, you know, and I know you hear that like the better for you space a lot, but we are about making better choices. And it's not always about making the perfect choice. It's about making the better choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a balance. Like you said, you know, you're, you're also not going to be as decadent as certain meals, certain restaurants, right? Um, You're, you're in a category of, yeah, we're a little bit about both. We're about health and eating good food, right? Um, and, and that's the thing. And then people can kind of choose a little bit of a spectrum within that, but you're kind of in your place. You kind of know this is, there's, there, it's mostly all good food. <laughs> like as long as, you know, I don't overdo it or whatever. So, but, so tell me a little bit, we were talking before we got started about the last few years um, and you guys got started in 2017, I believe. Yeah. And so it wasn't more than what, three years in COVID, you know, boom. Um, that changed the way we live a little bit, changed the way we interact, changed what customers might want. It also gave us innovations and ideas to kind of serve the world differently. So tell me a little bit about how that affected you guys and what you see as being positives that have you know, takeaways from that experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we're pretty similar to a lot of fast casuals. If you've spoken to others, it's, you know, COVID really accelerated what we were doing. Um, I would say for us, even more so than a lot of competitors. And the reason for that is one, like we're 95% takeout business. Um, you know, our, our restaurant footprints are actually relatively small. We operate out of a thousand to 1300 square feet, which is, you know, obviously great for the franchise model. Um, there's a lot of real estate available to us. So that, that almost entirely takeout model was obviously good for us. We didn't have to shut down at all. We just kind of accelerated what we were doing. The other piece of it is the technology piece, right? So my background before being in restaurants, I actually worked for LinkedIn uh, tech company for six, seven years. So my background is is technology and marketing, whereas my partner is is more of the the restaurant operator. He's been in, in it for a long time, right? So mm. those combination of skills really helped us when COVID hit because we were already doing everything that most people had a hurry up and figure out. So like we were already doing online ordering. We were already using an integrated POS system. We already had all of our tickets routing to the right locations in the restaurant. Like we had all that figure out. Like we use technology heavily in our restaurants. So like when COVID hit, it really, you talk about accelerating everyone's curve. Like we were already there. So now we didn't have to worry about figuring that stuff out. Now it was like, okay, how do we just drive people here? Um, to get them to try our food, right? So it was a little bit different for a lot of people. For us, we were in a good spot and we were able to really just worry about outbound marketing opposed to like internal operations. Yeah, yeah, no, that's beautiful. 
And I, it, it did. I mean, it, it kind of showed that people were, well, you know, look, we're, we're willing, I think in your space, it's just like, I want my food, right? Like I would want, I would not want to do without yep. your, your restaurant. So it's like, just let me come and get it. And, you know, whatever ways that you offer, but I think it just spurred more ideas of how we can service people, but you were built that way. You were kind of built to be fast and, and virtual if needed. Um, so tell me a little bit about the decision to franchise, right? So yep. you and your partners is interesting. You come from my world probably, right? Like I do yep. a lot of tech and, uh, you know, grew up in the late nineties with the internet happening and kind of interesting seeing the LinkedIn's of the world emerge <laughs> and now yep. here they are. Um, but anyway, so in terms of you made this decision to franchise, tell me a little bit about what in what went into that with you guys, you and your partner, <clears throat> whether that was sort of the intention or that kind of kind of evolved as you guys got some success going. Uh, but tell me a little bit about what in, went into the, the decision. And then a little bit about like, okay, you're expanding now, looking for some potential partners. What do you think goes into that candidate? What, what, who are the people you're looking for uh, to kind of join the family, if you will? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the decision to franchise was, was over several years. You know, I... As I mentioned, when we first started Bangle Bulls, I was actually still at LinkedIn. Like this was a little bit of a side project for me. My best friend of 30 years, we have another in our hospitality group, we have actually have two concepts. We have a concept called the taproom and Bangle Bulls. So my partner primarily focuses attention on on taproom. And that was the first restaurant created. I was still working at LinkedIn at this time. And that's when Bangle Bulls was kind of born. So I did a lot of the ba- the back end stuff, a lot of the marketing, a lot of the admin stuff. And as the, the concept grew and we got some success, that's when I came and I took over as the CEO of Bangle Bulls. So over, you know, I was, I've been in this role for almost four years now. Um, and we always had tons of inquiries for franchising, right? Like, there are always a million people coming in. I mean, we probably had 200 inquiries in the in the three years that we just said, hey, we're, we're not franchising. We're going to grow this thing corporately. That's the decision we're going to make and we're going to stick to it. And a lot of that was driven by me, right? Because at that time I was the owner operator and we were operating a lot of stores. So like dealing with all the issues that you see come up and then saying, okay, I ha- I'm going to bring on a whole new network of franchisees. Like it's just something I couldn't wrap my mind around. Right. Like I couldn't say like, okay, I'm going to run these successful corporate stores and then run a successful franchise operation as well. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get there. And that was a part of my learning and my, my growth as a leader. Right. So as we continue to grow, you realize, okay, now we can start to, to put some infrastructure in place. And now my role is not about worrying about the store getting open every day. Now my role is about building the team around me to make sure the store gets open every day and all the other verticals, right? Like, so my primary focus is like finding the the most high quality talent in every vertical within the company so we can continue to grow, right? And then as an owner operator, like, you know, for me, that was the most challenging part of my growth and I'm still going through it every day, you know, like let going, letting go of that control and learning that you have to hire people that are better than you. You know, like I, like I said, I was an operator, but only an operator for two years. Like now we have, you know, a director of operations who came from Noodles & Co. who's been doing this for 20 years and can operate circles around me, right? So like I could have let that hurt my ego, but I said, you know what, let's look at this guy who's 10 times better at this. Let him fix our operation a little bit. Let him make us a little bit more efficient and scalable. And let's make that decision to franchise doing so with building the right team and the right support structure around us. Gotcha. Yeah. Now I hear that a lot from everybody um 
but especially when we have these conversations about how to, how to grow and scale. And, you know, in small businesses, which franchising in general is a collection of small business people. And LinkedIn would be the opposite of the pendulum, right? They, they were born out of money and they, they knew exactly what you're saying. They went and got the smartest people and built a foundation and built a company and they kept doing that, kept bringing in the smartest people. And, you know, that's what you have to be good at as a leader is, the smartest people, putting the smartest people in those particular yep. seats. That's the hard part. And you're right. What I've noticed in this world of small business operators that we're in called franchising, it is a hard thing to let go of, right? 100%. As that owner, as that starter, as that founder, right? It's, it is definitely, there's a there's almost a perfection that you'll never get to. You just have to probably let go of a little bit. Yeah, it's, and it, it's, it, will never, yeah. it will never happen overnight. I think that's like the key learning is like, you can't expect that one day you're just going to, you know, relinquish all control and you're going to be the perfect CEO or the perfect leader. Like I'm learning every single day. I'm I'm challenging myself and getting a little better every day, but I definitely make mistakes. You know, I definitely step on toes sometimes and I have to I have to swallow my ego and be like, "You know what, Scott? Like I'm sorry. Like this is your this is your realm. I shouldn't be stepping in here. Please let me know what you think and how we should proceed." Right? Like giving the folks that you hire the autonomy to to make those decisions and sometimes they might be mistakes right like just like i make mistakes everyone's making mistakes and just kind of taking a step back evaluating the decision see if it was right or wrong and then move from there yeah that's the only way you'll get to that scalable part where they can do what you do yep. and uh and you can trust in that so that's cool that's that's a business uh principle right there that, that i always love to bring out so tell me a little bit about expansion so like you're in New York, uh, obviously well known uh, in Long Island, probably that area. Tell me a little bit about like where you want to expand first. What, how yeah. you go about choosing that? Like, tell me more. Yeah, absolutely. So we, our corporate stores are in two markets. We have five stores here on Long Island, um, and then we have two up in Westchester County, which is just north of of the city of Manhattan. Um, so having a little bit of experience in two markets from a corporate standpoint and having that infrastructure is actually very beneficial, right? So like, as we had franchisees, we have a little bit of brand recognition. Um, For us, like our first wave of franchising, we definitely want to try to fill out uh, our market that already knows us. Um, So continue to fill in Long Island and Westchester area, Um, maybe slide over to, over to Connecticut, which is really like an extension of, uh, of Westchester, look at Northern Jersey as well. So kind of that tri-state area, I don't think we're interested in in getting into Manhattan just yet, but I think that depends on the franchisees, right? Like if we had a super experienced Manhattan operator that could teach us something that we maybe we don't know, like we'd be more than open to having those conversations. You know, so I think every every conversation is is a little different, right? Like we are open to two different types of operators. We're certainly open to the the, the owner operator who wants to be in their business and be a massive part of their community. Cause I know that local, that local community is really what drives the success of your business. So we're absolutely open to that. Um, but we're also very open to the multi-unit operators, right? The guys who have maybe have a franchise already and they're looking to build their network a little bit more, build their portfolio a little bit more. Maybe somebody who has a few mom and pop restaurants who's looking to learn a little bit more about systems or operations, you know, 
we could certainly help with that and and put us into uh, their portfolio. You know, a lot of guys who run full restaurants like this is a, a much more simplified version of that. So this is a good way to expand your portfolio, not having to create a concept from scratch and be able to to grow. You know what you're doing uh, with multiple different facets. Interesting. All right. So it sounds like a very diverse way to actually partner with the brand and. Um, you know, so you're saying you could almost incorporate the brand into something already running, or would it be just modifying it and evolving it into the full? Uh, no, I was I was thinking more along the lines of that person already. Like, let's say they have a, a restaurant themselves, right? This would be a net new place off of off site of where they are, but diversifying what they're doing a little bit. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, and saying those those guys who run full serve restaurants, like there's a lot of complexity there, right? You have beverage programs. There's a lot more to running. You have cooks, you know, which we don't have line chefs, all that type of stuff. Our model is just so much more simplified that somebody already running restaurants, like you already have a much larger leg up, right? Like you could you can come in here, you could figure out this model with our support structure and all of our systems and kind of hit the ground running very easily. Yeah, gotcha. Well, let's look at that. One of the questions I, I don't always get into, but I think is important is how, I mean, I saw this on your on your website, the, the kind of unit economics, the opportunity, if you will, the financial... Yep. We heard about the the impact, right? Where you know you're doing. I think you're impacting people's lives whenever you serve them great food, and especially interesting new healthy food. Um, and you'll always be evolving with that. But tell us about the business itself, right? What gets people excited is, wow, what can I do with this financially speaking? So a little bit about like what would it take? You know, just you could just talk about a range, but what does it take to get this started? And then what is the potential of running one or more of these locations? Yeah, no doubt. Just generally I mean, speaking. Our goal as as owners, like you talked about the, the reason franchising previously, like our goal as owners was always to hit a million dollars in AUVs, right? Like that's what we said. We want to get after a million dollars in AUVs. And that's the goal we set two years ago. Let's get after a million dollars in AUVs. And then we feel like this concept is truly franchisable, right? Like that is a, a very good, uh, successful business that we can really put our, our name behind our sport behind and driving new new people to join our system right so like that was the goal you know we certainly have attained that we have you know a few locations that are around 1.1 1. 1, 1.2 um our AUV right now in the entire system is about 850 um so when you think about that and then you also put into the real estate piece of it so like I said before, we operate out of roughly a thousand to thirteen hundred square feet. So when you take that AUV and then you put it in that footprint, then you're like, okay, wow. And it's all in the suburbs now, right? Like so now it's like, all right, we're really doing high numbers in a very small footprint. So that starts to get people's attention, right? The next piece of it is the real estate and the development piece, right? So real estate, I mentioned that that footprint. Like if you're looking for a 2,500, 3,000 square foot restaurant. There's not a lot of inventory out there. You know, like it, it's a challenging thing to, to find. If you're looking for a thousand square feet or 1200 square feet, guess what? I could drive down the street and maybe find 15 locations today that I think could be poten- good potential bangables locations. So that's a big benefit. Second benefit is our what our build out looks like, right? So I mentioned we don't have cooks. We don't have line chefs, anything like that. We use one singular oven to run all of our stores. We're a scratch kitchen. We make all of our uh, all of our produce fresh in house. We're roasting vegetables. All of our protein is cooked daily: uh, chicken, tofu, shrimp, 
We're all doing that with a, a rationale comb- combination oven, which is both steam and convection. That oven plays into our technology piece as well, right? So those ovens I could program from my couch. All I have to do is set up the recipes and then the staff inside the building, all they have to do is push buttons and load the racks. So like the name of our game is all about the prep, right? So we don't have skilled chefs. We don't have uh, any chefs at all. We don't have any line cooks. Like our busiest stores have some prep folks, um, but that's really it. So we're using today's workforce uh, you know, we're using that 18 to 24 year old person to really execute on the, this level of food and we're doing it very well. Right. So that, that model has kind of really changed our ability to drive the higher AUVs and with a, a lower upfront cost. Right. So that return on cash is, is a little bit more immediate if you could drive that much revenue and not have to put out that much, you know, like, and then the last piece of that is our model being adaptable to a lot of different a lot of different footprints. Uh, I think a lot of franchises franchisees guy franchisors will tell you like hey this is our cookie cutter this is what has to work. So you can only choose this location. Ours is so adaptable based on the simplicity is that like we're looking for second generation restaurants, right? Like we can go into those and all the sewage is already done, the electric's done, the plumbing's done. So we're doing facelifts. We're getting in for under $200,000, right? So that ability, that low upfront cost with the high revenues is really what's driving this opportunity. Um, and then when you take into account how good the food is, it's like, okay, this this actually might be a pretty good opportunity. And I think that's some of the stuff that's kind of got us some recognition uh, from a national, a national level. Yeah, no, no, I love it. It's very, very dialed in in terms of thinking it through, right? And, and again, the, um, the, the, the quality of the food with an operation like this and the uniqueness of it. And, you know, so the quality of the taste and the, the, the good for you part of it. Right. And then the unique different things that you yeah. offer, I think is the marketing. Right. So for anyone, we didn't talk as much about marketing, but again, I've said this many times with these concepts where if you love something, you're going to keep doing it. Right. Like you said, you said earlier, if you like the taste of something that's good for you, you'll do it regularly. Then you start mixing it up where it's part of your breakfast routine, a little bit of your dinner, maybe your weekend routine. You know what I mean? And it it hits multiple. And that's the growth model. And then you're telling people and you're reviewing the site, they're reviewing the location, saying how great it is. You're telling your friends. Uh, So that's all good. That drives revenue. That makes it a little easier for the operator. Tell me a little bit more, though, how you look at marketing. And, you know, again, you're a tech, tech person with a tech background. How do you approach the digital side of things? What are you thinking are the check boxes that have to be there when you get yeah. someone started? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Yeah, that is that is my background. That's definitely my larger skill set. It's what I think about probably most uh, to a fault at times. Um, but <laughs> everything is kind of driven through our loyalty program. You know, we're certainly, you know, we're certainly using all the digital channels. We're using search. We're using social to drive net new customers and make people aware of us, right? But we know that the most amount of value is coming from those people who have come to us once, right? So we use a loyalty program as our hub for everything we do, right? You come and place an order. You actually don't even have to, you know, you come and place an order for the first time with Bango Bowls. And you could see on our website how like well-built that is. Um, a lot of tension and detail has gone into that. And the same thing for our app, right? So you come, you place an order you're now in our system, right? That is now our engine. So our goal as marketers, not even as restaurateurs, our goal is to get you from one to three 
as quickly as possible, right? We know if we get you to come three times, you're that much more likely to be a loyal customer, right? So everything we build on the marketing end kind of speaks to that. So you come in, you order an acai bowl for the first time, we send you a thank you via email or a push notification, right? We're also going to send you an offer to come back for your second time, right? Hey, thanks for coming. Loved you know what you had. And we're using that data to speak to exactly what you had. So, hey, Rob, I hope you enjoyed your acai bowl. Uh, here's another 10% off on your next one, right? Yeah. Or here's another 10% off on our salad category to make you work your way around the menu, right? Then you come back in, we send you another th- another automated thank you with a third offer. Hey, hope you enjoyed this. Why don't you come back one more time, right? So we're heavy in the beginning. You know, we really try to get you back three times in that first two weeks. Um, and there's a lot of thought behind those offers and, and what the delivery methods are. But we're using that data that is built within our our loyalty program to have one-to-one communications with our customers, right? Like the mass marketing, the mass emails, like it doesn't work anymore. You have to speak to your customers. You have to have one-to-one communication. And the more targeted, the more direct you can have conversations with actual products they had, with actual experiences they had, the more likely they are to buy into your product. And that's a marketing philosophy as a whole, not even just restaurant, right? Like the more one-to-one communication you could have, the more likely that person is going to become a loyal customer. And we're applying that philosophy to what we're doing in the restaurant space, right? Like it, it works the same. So it's really, you know, just about those touch points. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm thinking of the, you know, it's no like trust, right? First of all, people have to get to know you a little bit. Um, but it, 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 yeah, you're you're just hitting hitting the foundation of of marketing principles, right? Being relevant, being personal, and the timing being right. And I think you know, over the last twenty years, let's say, trying to do that has always been different. It's been more challenging, or costs more money, or you just can't do that. We've gotten to a place in marketing where people are starting to get used to technologies that enable the timing to be better, the personalization to be better. You know what I mean? The relevance to be to be on point. And now they're going to expect it. So that's what you're seeing. And I agree with you because now I'd say the best marketing companies are good at what we just said. And the ones that aren't so good still aren't very good at being relevant, personal, and timely, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you're going to really set yourself apart in the wrong way if you don't start doing that. So you guys have it built in already. Yeah. And it's like you said, once you get them past that three, then they become, so it becomes a habit, it becomes a lifestyle and they're always talking about it. Right. Yep. So it becomes, it's just, that's the engine that you want to scale from. So that's an amazing, yep. simple, but very powerful, uh, powerfully effective model. So before we go, I appreciate you being here. First of all, um, can you share a way that people can get a hold of you the best way if they uh, happen to be interested in, in, in listening in today, um, yeah, absolutely. Way yeah, absolutely. I mean, our, our website. So, if you're interested in the franchise opportunity, our website, we have a fully built out franchise site available. You can uh, submit an inquiry there and we'll get right in touch with you to ha- talk about the opportunity. Me personally, I'm, as I said, I used to work at LinkedIn. So, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Uh, and that is definitely the number one place to get me. Uh, I try to respond to all messages. Um, so, if you're looking to have a one on one conversation, I'm more than happy to to have a conversation with you there um, and then take it offline if that's the case. That sounds good. And that's a tremendous opportunity. I love when guys like you do that. And I say, I would, I would raise my hand just to talk to you for 15 minutes. It would be good, yeah. good education. Um, so now that's a tremendous offer. 
tremendous opportunity. Honestly, I listened to a lot of uh, folks in the business and talked to a lot of brands. And you guys, you have all the ingredients, literally, <laughs> literally to the business and to the and to the food. One so, one uh, thing I one thing I like to say before we close off is like I know sure. like we talked a lot of, a lot about the system and a lot about you know all the different things that make us unique. One thing that I always tell people in the restaurant business, like, do not forget, like, this is the food business. If your food is not good, you don't have a concept. So all the stuff we talked about is completely irrelevant. Um, so like, the food is always the most important piece. Like, I know we we, we touched on it, but like, don't forget that. Like, that is yeah. why people come to see you. And then all this other stuff is built off of it. But the food always has to be number one. <laughs> I, I and I, And I say the same thing every time I talk to you guys. It's like the marketing side. Like if the food is really good, you, you, you could almost be a horrible marketer. <laughs> and still, yeah, no you and I both know that, right? Especially yeah. living where you live. There's a lot yeah. of a lot of great restaurants that aren't very good marketers, right? 100%. But um, yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, all, like I said, you got both sides of it. So no reason not to have a thriving business in your neighborhood. So reach out to these guys. Uh, great to have you, Ryan. I hope to have you back as you guys build momentum and and continue to do more to disrupt the industry. But great to have you on board and I hope to have you back again soon sometime. Thanks, Rob. I really appreciate it. You got it.